again scaring is sharing is the name of the show you are listening to at yes, this moment it is it's a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror what's hello up? <laughs> <laughs> we are the scare boys i'm here today with the lovely and dedicated jeremy the original sasquatch slim rusk and you are the effervescent Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming scream queen himself. That Hello. is right. Hello. If you've never listened to us before, first of all, hello. Welcome. Pull up a chair. And um, if you have listened to us, thank you for coming back. But Jeremy and I love scary movies, and you probably do too since you're here, but not necessarily. And Jeremy and I love to share scary movies, especially with each other, because we have such different varied tastes. And so we talk about horror shit for a little bit, and then we go away after we assign the other person a movie they've not seen before. We come back, and then we talk about those films. That's right. And as uh, my co-host just said, pull up a chair or... I like to imagine what people are doing while they listen to us. So it's like, keep your hands on the steering wheel. Do not let go. <laughs> if you're out running, keep running. Do not look behind you. Just go. So speaking of running, so I've been trying to get into Dead by Daylight because I know I, well, you're probably just going to all have to follow my PlayStation journey for a little bit. But uh -huh. I was like going through the tutorials. It is hard. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like trying to figure like the hardest thing for me, like learning the controllers and all that, like, cause there's so many buttons. Like I'm of an, an, an original Nintendo generation, Atari uh -huh. really first. Cause like I had the ET game when it was out, like that's uh -huh. the, how old I am, but like Nintendo and Game Boy were my jam. And there you had, here's my left finger moves where I move up, down, left or right. And then yep. I had a B and an A. And now you really have three moving things, the up, down, left, right. And like these two circular ones. Yeah. And then you have, Eight, eight buttons, kind of ten buttons. There's so many buttons, and there's like a little <laughs> trackpad. Like there's so many buttons. I'm so old, but there's uh -huh. so many buttons. Uh huh. But okay, here's the thing that's hardest for me in Dead by Daylight in particular. So if you don't know, Dead by Daylight is sort of like a slasher video game. You can either be a killer or you can be a victim. And from the training, it sounds like you're always fixing generators. I don't know if that is the case, but it sounds like that's all you yeah. do is fix generators. That's what you do as the victims. Yes, that's okay. you have to fix the generators, then it opens the gate and you can try and escape. So the hardest thing is like as you're running around and if you don't play PlayStation, there is like one little like controller that like adjusts where you're looking. And if you're looking up or down, I'm always getting up and down mixed up for whatever reason. Uh -huh. I can't seem to get that straight. And also, like, if a killer is coming, like, I wish there was, like, a map showing me. Because, like, in the old school days with, like, Nintendo, you're, like, looking at the screen, you're watching yourself, and you're seeing the other people that are in the play. And here uh -huh. it's, like, it's like an all-around 
I don't know, yeah. all encompassing. So there's people behind you. There's people to the side of you. And there's just no way to know. And so you have to use the remote controller to sort of turn your head and your vision around. And it's so confusing. You got to watch and not get caught. Oh, God, it's very, I'm so old. But I but, like playing, I like playing as the killer, though, except I'm not like great at it. Well, then the I would love to play with you. Yeah, you you would escape <laughs> from me is what happens because I'm always getting them on like the hook and they get off the hook because their friend helps them and they escape. And I'm like, damn it. So one of the fun things, if you know it or don't know it. So, yes, the killer like will put you up on a hook and then someone can get you off of the hook and then like they can heal you. <laughs> it yeah. takes like 30 seconds and they have to like hold down a button. But it looks so funny because like really if you your back is to them, which I was once or that's like what I saw, it sounds like they're like bandaging you up. But uh-huh. if you see it from the other vision, they just seem to be like running their hands like over your oh, over the person. Like, yep. And then they get up. like magic and there's like weird noises happening as they're healing you. Uh-huh. Oh my God. It is. It's, it is a lot of fun though. But last yeah. time I was like, I need to get like better at this. If I'm going to like play with people, yeah. like my friends, like I got to understand yeah. what I'm doing. So I was like doing the tutorials and I'm like, I suck. Like this is hard. I got to find you. You're going to have to send me your PlayStation handle so I can uh, find you on there. It's pretty easy. It's Scream Queen BJP. So anyone out there playing, <laughs> I've not had anyone at me yet. It's just like how you spell Scream and Queen put together. And then BJP, my initials. Okay. All right. What's yours? I'm, Is it easy enough? I'm going to find you. I'm uh, Godzilla Lives 13. Uh, but there sure is are. there is an underscore uh, After, between, before Godzilla, the- between Godzilla and Lives. Uh, underscore okay got it yeah i've had that for like years and years that uh playstation tag that goes back oof over a decade or more yeah and i realized i had to buy like a new headset if i wanted to like because i have like my work headset which is like wireless like bluetooth and it connects to my tv and i was using that to like play and i kept noticing the sync was off and then i finally like plugged in headphones into my playstation my controller into my controller yeah which i didn't realize that that was the thing and all of a sudden the sync issue was like so the bluetooth was definitely like an until dawn it was driving me nuts i kept googling like why is the sync off and everyone like there were issues with that game with people thinking the sync was off but i was like oh that's all it was was that bluetooth lag yeah so, but I didn't have a proper headphone. Like when I tried to test it, it wasn't mm-hmm. working. So I had to order one. And of course it's like, these are my gaming headphones. Are they <laughs> used for recording? Yep. And they get more use out of this than they do. Uh, I haven't played with anybody online in so long. So, well, get ready. I got to change that. Yeah. It might just, it might just happen. Um, so yeah, that's PlayStation with Brandy Joe. Thank you for joining. But yes, um, would love for friends to, follow me whatever i don't i don't know how that fucking works so I'll i know right eventually we're gonna end up having to do like twitch streams or something playing games so who so knows? when people do that they like hook their computer up to their playstation so that it yeah i'm like too old too to fully understand it okay. but like my friends have done it so i can just ask somebody like how do you hook it up it's a way that your playstation is streaming like online so you can share it online so okay yeah. So yeah, I, I'll get less old as time goes on. I mean, that's not true. I just get older every second that passes. 
but I'm I'm not giving up on this no. being a horror gamer. I also yeah. downloaded um and I can't remember it's it's like Until Dawn but it's not like a horror related. It's like Life Uncharted or something like that. Oh, okay. Do you know of this? No, I don't know that one. That's I do have to play like the that. Speaking of an, Until Dawn, uh my brother had lent me the game The Quarry which I have is that. yeah. The like follow up, which I know is more divided. Some people hated it. Yes. Some people loved it. So people uh, are so divided. But I want to check that one out because I loved Until Dawn so much. So I got to finally play that. Life is strange is the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I've heard, I've heard of it. it. I think it is similar to Until Dawn in the aspect of like making decisions yeah. and whatever that sort of choose your own adventure. Sure. Sort of thing. Cool. And I think, I mean, it, there's, I, when I open up the thing, it says like something about hold to the universe and it says drugs, violence, blood, sexual themes. So it, it's probably not like, you know, for all kids. Delight, yeah, not, <laughs> not for kids, but cool. multiple endings and depending on the choices you make, like that sort of thing. The, you know, the other th- old person thing in me, there are times in Until Dawn and also this generation of everything streaming and, um, and DVR and everything like that. There's times where like I maybe missed something and I want to rewind it, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I can't. I can't go back like five seconds. You're like, dang <laughs> it! In the past, I don't yeah. know what they just said, but I'm moving forward. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh uh, well. Have you watched anything since we met just a couple days ago? I, I I fell asleep last night watching Prometheus. So. I've that's, never seen it. Is it that's, horrible? That's the main thing. No, I like it from what I remember. I just haven't seen it in a long time, like since it came out. And then I saw it was on Netflix and I was like, I want to revisit this because I remember really enjoying it. Um, definitely, you know, not as much as the original Alien, of course, but it was Ridley the original Scott. Too, truly. Yeah, not, not truly. Yeah, but it's Ridley Scott and hits his continuation of the Alien mythos and I remember thinking it was cool, uh, but many people being disappointed in it. But I don't know. I only got like 20 minutes in before I conked out really hard. So I got to go back and uh, continue watching. Now, the TV show that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's ignoring Prometheus and probably what came after it that, that Yeah, made. and then Prometheus' sequel was Alien Covenant, which is the which last is overall alien. panned, right? It was overall panned, although there's a few voices that are like, it was okay. I think people were just expecting uh, too much from Ridley Scott revisiting Alien or, you know, whatever. Um, But I have not seen Covenant yet. I stayed away, but I think I should finally watch it at some point. (laughs) If I can find it streaming somewhere, finish up the series uh, as it stands currently. But um yeah, they're saying it's just going to ignore the events from that, but I don't know what that means, because um, I guess the show is also a prequel to the original movie, right? Isn't that what they're saying? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I don't know why they want to keep living in this prequel space when I feel like the uh, Alien storyline has tons of room to do sequels, because... Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, the the first movie, Alien, and then Aliens, there's a gap of, what, 70 years between them or something like that when in within the timeline of the, the story, I think? I don't know. Yeah, because it, it's been a minute since I've watched Aliens, but in the beginning when they rescue Ripley, uh, 
you know, she finds out that her daughter died years and years ago because she's been frozen for like 70, 80 years, something like that. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. So now James Cameron directed the second one. Yes. And has he really done any horror movies since then? Hmm. That's a question. Because I feel like people just think of him and they think of Avatar and Titanic mainly. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it's. I also think it's great that the Alien series is really like this place for uh, really good, well, I should say really well-regarded directors to come through. Because Ridley Scott did the first one, James Cameron did the second, David Fincher directed the third one. Right. Um, And it was not his vision that came out, right? No, it was his first feature film, too. But it's one of those things where you're like, that was a proving ground, though, for him to, you know, go on and... uh, uh, really prove who he was as a filmmaker. And then the fourth one was uh, the guy that uh, directed Amelie, the oh, French wow. director. Yeah, he directed Amelie and Delicatessen and City of Lost Children, a bunch of oh, big I've heard French that's films. Good. Yeah, City of Lost Children's awesome. Maybe we'll do it on the show sometime because I think it's horror adjacent enough. Okay. So, uh, but you are correct. After Aliens, I mean, the closest thing to horror that he did post, let's see. Aliens came out in 86. Uh, he did The Abyss in 89. Oh, sure. Which is like in line, right? That's horror adjacent. And then, uh, and then he did Terminator 2 in 1991. So, um, but after that, he becomes increasingly, you know, detached from it starts becoming horror adjacent until it's just not adjacent anymore. And he yeah. goes off into just science fiction straight up. So science fiction slash like action. Yep. Action. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's some good times, but he is, pr- he does what? produce a lot. Oh yeah. Um, uh, cause he stayed active in, cause I just saw something that I was like, and James Cameron produced it. Uh, so as a producer, what was it? Oh, it was the movie I was thinking of, Alita Battle Angel. Oh, is that, like, anime? Yeah, it was based on a, a anime uh, slash manga. So uh, he produced that. And the movie uh, Strange Days. Oh, I've not, what, is Juliette Lewis in that? Strange Days is Juliette uh, Lewis, Rafe Fiennes, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett, yep. Tom Sizemore. I remember I had some, I don't know how I got it. I had some like CD-ROM video gamey thing of Strange Days. I don't know. Yeah, so they, made, they made a tie-in, yeah, game. I remember that. But like, how would I have gotten that? Because like, I didn't watch the movie. Like, I feel like, and these are like this like early internet days, right? Like, I'm thinking yeah. like high, I was in high school, so it was like. Maybe it was a promotion that just got mailed out or something like it that. must have been. It was so weird. Yeah, I remember I've only seen that movie once a long time ago on television. Uh, and I remember it being really weird and thinking like, this is cool. Um, yeah. And it's a movie that comes up a lot in uh, conversations about physical media. Uh, because I don't think it's ever had, or maybe it's soon getting a like Blu-ray release because it's it's uh, availability on home video has been really sketchy for some reason. Really? Yeah. Okay. And streaming, it's not streaming anywhere. So why is that? 
I think with a lot of these, it's rights issues, like whatever production company made it or things like that. That's usually what goes on nowadays is when a streamer goes to try and pick up a movie and be like, we're going to put it on our site. They discover that there's like, oh, the production company that made it like went bankrupt. And now it's, you know, there's question as to who owns everything that they've made. Stuff like that happens a lot. Okay. Yeah, and then then they have to dig through legally whose contracts are actually valid because then you'll find like you know Universal or somebody will pop up and be like we bought the catalog of that distributor so it's ours but then somewhere in the paperwork but you know it's it's craziness. Uh, have you been watching these uh, long legs trailers? No. Do you know about this movie? It sounds the that name sounds very familiar. I think Oz Perkins is the director, and I think. Uh, who's the killer? I want to say it's Nicolas Cage. But is that... it ba- is it based on something? Because that title sounds familiar. I don't know that it is. Yeah, it's um, Nicolas Cage, and I think he's a serial killer. Oh, Micah Monroe is in it. Fucking love her. Alicia Witt, Blair Underwood. It is going to be good. There are like three trailers, and they're my favorite trailers. You know, just like the most minimal things. Sometimes like mm-hmm. a, a shot of like a picture, like a weird picture. Um just like these little tiny snippets it is so good and fucking love oz perkins so definitely mm-hmm. so excited and i don't know when it comes out but since these teasers are hitting hot and heavy i feel like it's got to be got to be sometime here so yeah it's coming out in 2024 is what it says but that's that's it release let's see yeah Oh, and I mean, it says in February 2023, so almost a year ago, Neon acquired the film's North American rights. So okay. I bet you it'll come out in the near future. In the near future. But yeah, it looks good. So yeah, I recommend those trailers. And speaking of trailers, I did watch the Omen, the first Omen trailer because it appeared, or I heard it was just like a teaser. Yeah, I think yeah. it looks good. I think it does too. And here's the thing, because <laughs> we got all excited about The Exorcist. Um, but I feel like The Exorcist comes with more baggage than The Omen in a way. Like that's that's yeah. where I yeah, like I, don't I think feel the omen's a masterpiece. The omen's fine. No, I don't think the original mo- omen's a masterpiece. It's just a good it's a good movie, but I you know, it's not not like The Exorcist, the original. Um and then The Exorcist just has this history of I don't know, sequels that uh, either love them or you hate them. I, I don't know. There's just, The Exorcist seems to have more to lose <laughs> when you're trying to make an Exorcist sequel. Whereas The Omen, I don't think the bar is as high to clear to make a good Omen sequel. So, Yeah, that is true. And yeah, I just love that lead girl from Servant so much. So... And uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember because it's been a long time since I've watched any of the Omen sequel. It's been a long time since I've seen the Omen, but I think even longer than any of the sequels. Um, and I remember most of them being like two and three, especially just being like, they're OK. They're not horrible, and but they're not amazing. That's kind of my take mm-hmm. from them. I know they have their fans. I know plenty of people really love like two uh, and three because of Sam Neill. But yeah, yeah, that is Sam Neill. Yep, I just remember them being okay, not uh, not horrible, not amazing. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the remake is was unnecessary and oh, so uh, bad. And I remember Omen Four being pretty terrible. The the Awakening or whatever. Yeah, that was the one. It was made with for the little TV. girl for Showtime. 
Yeah, it was made for like Showtime or something. I remember seeing it a bunch of times as a kid on cable and being I like, so. this is not scary or good. So, yeah. Yep. Shall we read some terrograms? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'll kick things off. First of all, this comes from Teacher Drew, who writes, Greetings, scare boys. Thank you for the great service you provide. Especially, we saw it so you don't have to. I was all set to see Founders Day, and you saved me the time and money. I got a kick out of high school antics conversation. The seniors at my high school have a tradition. They start the year with little kid backpacks. My favorite is... The Turtle Shell. Think TMNT. In my last DM, I asked about horror movies involving planes. There is a new contender. If you haven't seen it, you should watch Society of the Snow. It is horrific, mm. disturbing, and has the best plane crash scene ever. Then the true horror really starts. I also revisited The Crow, the OG. I forgot mm. what a good time it was. Well, gents, till next time, stay healthy, stay happy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. Yeah, I'm hearing really good things about Society of the Snow. Now, is it the same story as Alive? Yes. Okay, I, where I the plane it. crashes and they essentially have to end up eating each other. Yes, yeah, the soccer team that crashed in the yeah. Andes. Yes, it's about that disaster. Oh, God. Yeah, and that's such a harrowing story. It's uh, like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. In real life horror stuff, like, <laughs> it's funny. I'll watch all these movies we cover. No sweat. I have more trepidation when I'm watching, like, stories that are about things that really happened that were horrific. Like, I still haven't like, seen 128 about... hours or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I haven't seen and... that because I am nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I go back to, you know, towards the end of last year, I was talking about the movie Come and See, like mm -hmm. when I watch war movies that show like the real atrocities of war or attempt to, those always mess me up. And I have tons of trepidation, like going into those kinds of uh, flicks because they stick with you for a yeah. long time. Yeah. So that's the problem of being, you know, an empathetic person. I just... I hurt for thinking about the real people. So I know if you could start your senior year off with a little kid backpack, what would it be? Mine would probably be a Ninja Turtles backpack, like straight uh, up, yeah, straight yeah. up. I, I think I, mine would be Care Bears. If I could find it, I'd probably have to go vintage. Yeah, I think I may have had a Ninja Turtles backpack at some point or a Star Wars one. So now, are you too young to remember Trapper Keepers? No, I had a Trapper Keeper. Yeah, those were cool. But we were by the time. We had we had to use them like we had to get them. They were like required when I was in like middle school or something like that. Oh. Um, but at that point, they had moved on to just being boring. They were like big utilitarian looking binders. I didn't have like a cool one with characters on it or anything yeah, like that. Like cool designs like a branded one. No, mine was just like a big, uh, you know, <laughs> ugly looking binder thing. Trapper keeper. I don't even know her. <laughs> uh, yes um oh good times yeah when, and the crow we love the crow, the crow, we, the crow. we did that on the show right yes we did that reminded me though because that's that's a remake that's coming out soon yeah the crow remake uh who's in that it's bill skarsgård is gonna be uh draven mm -hmm. uh which i think is great casting but i was trying to remember who the director is gonna be uh oh 
Rupert Sanders. Unfamiliar with him, so never mind. I thought it was. I thought the Go director. Over, I, yeah, I thought the director was somebody of note for us, but no. Mainly, it's that Bill Skarsgård is now like a scream king in his own right. All of he's a sudden, so, good. so and he's great. He's a great actor. Um, but moving on, I guess. Thanks, Teacher Drew, for writing in as always. Yeah, thanks, Teacher Drew. We love that. Uh, love and you. we have another terrogram from Ethan. Which is funny because I was just thinking we hadn't heard from Ethan in a minute. So I used my magic powers and apparently made him write in. Uh, And and the subject is spooky games. And Ethan writes, hello, hello, hello. You two should check out Evil Dead the Game and Choo Choo Charles. Both are spooky and fun. I haven't had the time for any horror movies, but have you seen... Have you guys seen The Curse? Stars Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder. It's about 10 episodes long and ends on a horrifying note. Anyways, I think that's it for now. Bye. Bye. I have recently, I heard about Choo Choo Charlie and a class act. I don't know much about it. It is not one of my free games. Like I signed up for like the network because you have to on PlayStation if you want to like Play I online. did like the yep. mid one so I could like get some of the free games. Yeah, that's where I live too. I only do the mid level tier yeah. to get, I get a couple of free games, but I don't get access to all the other. And they're, they keep tempting me. They sent me an offer not that long ago that was like, we're going to reduce the cost for the like higher tier. Oh, uh, right now I had one of those where I was like, I almost did it, but I'm like, I'm already not really playing that many games. So it's like, am I really going to utilize this if I? have access to all these games like i already uh do not game as much as i used to so i know i wish it sort of it doesn't break it down quite like i want it to on their website on like what the soup the whatever the ultimate premium or whatever what you get with it because i'm like i would kind of like to know i know Um, i think the last of us is in there so if i get around to wanting to play that i might go that route because so far a couple of the discs i've gotten end up having like I, I get an error on my PlayStation. Like it uploads yeah. the the new stuff, and then it's like, oh, we can't continue. So, like yeah. maybe that's part of getting a a used. Yeah, system I wonder or whatever or what the fuck. I don't know, but yeah. Um, but All yes, right. I've heard of the like evil little train one. It reminds me of like the little train that could, but evil. And then I didn't know there was an Evil Dead one, so I might have to check that out. I think it's a little older. Yeah, uh, Choo Choo Charles is. Isn't that sort of based off of a Stephen King thing, I think? Because oh, there's there's like a fake children's book about a train that like became evil in the universe of the Dark Tower. And Interesting. I think, I think it might be based on that character, if I remember. Um, but uh, I, I would know, I've always meant to read the Dark Tower, but <laughs> I've never gotten around to that series. Um, but, uh, Evil Dead, the game. Yeah, I have it. Cause it was a free game on PlayStation, like at some point last year. So I downloaded okay. it, but, um, I hesitated to play cause I kept reading online. Everybody said that like, nobody plays the game anymore. So like, if you jump in there, you're waiting forever to get matched into a, uh, uh, you know, into a game with other people and stuff. Cause it's similar to dead by daylight. It's one of those, uh, you know, survivors versus deadites sort of thing. It is not based on the Stephen King. It's not. Book. Okay. Yes. Got it. At least, the, I mean, that's some Reddit thread says that. So, okay. Who knows? It's just similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I have a corrections corner. Oh. 
which was a in-person corrections corner. My brother, I hung out with my brother yesterday, uh, and he was listening to our last episode and said we were. I was wrong about Last of Us, the show. Uh, the actor I was talking about, the right-hand man to Melanie Linsky's character, yes. he played Joel's brother in the game. Ah, Troy Baker, who played Joel in game, he's one of the cannibals. Oh, wait, who yes, are cannibals. Yeah, there's a, and I'm like, oh, I oh, remember. Oh, I that. see. Towards the end, yep, yep, yep. Yes, he's towards the end. He was like, he was in the cannibal group towards the end of it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's I knew he was in there somewhere. Wrong character. Got it. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Um, I can't stop thinking about Last of Us. It was so fucking good. I think if you like the show that much, like when you play the game, the game will stick with you too. Cause like by the time I got to the end of the game, I was just like so invested in it. So is it like a mix of like the styles of Until Dawn and like Dead by Daylight? Like, do you have these cinematic moments and then yeah. also like you're running around and trying to like do things? I would, I would say yes, because there it, it's a, a bit more challenging than Until Dawn because you have to like get equipment uh, and fight guys and come up with strategies to get through like whether it's clickers or, you know, like the militia groups you have to fight. Um, you have to come up with ways to use the tools at hand to like get past them. Um but there are lots of stretches of just like very cinematic stuff. So it is so again, the old man of me trying to be a gamer. It's so easy to just like, I know I said like Blair, Witch got boring. Cause I was just like wandering around the woods, but like until dawn also, there are times when I'm just like wandering around a house and I'm like, I don't know where the stairs are. <laughs> like I want maps of everything. I want to like see yes. on a map, like where I am because it's just gets so like, I'm like, I don't know if I've been here before. I don't know <laughs> if this yeah. area is so and I suppose that's all a part of it, right? I just gotta yeah. like let it wash over. Me. Yes, yes. It depends on the game because some games, you know, often maps are like, like in a Zelda, you're gonna find the map in the dungeon and it lets you figure out like where you're going. But uh, other games challenge you more. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of like that in life if you're like in a big house. But like I can figure that shit out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty good directionally, which is why I think it frustrates me in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've talked about, sorry, I, I something I said made me think of this. I know I talked about before that, like, it is a somewhat recent thing that I have started to say the word vehicle correctly, because mm. I, for the longest time, for a good 43 years of my life, thought it was vehicle. Vehicle. Until, yeah. Like, why not pronounce the H? That's how everyone in my family does it. I have since tested them. And, yeah. um... And of course, since I work at Ford, they have told me that it's not how you say that word. But here's where I I just like two nights ago, it sort of struck me. It's weird. If you say you don't say vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. How do you say that? Yeah. You say vehicular is how people say that. Yeah. <laughs> so why? Yeah. The same vehicle. Wrong? But it's because it, it's it, hard to say vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, isn't it a uh, dialect thing, though? Like, I feel like out in Wyoming, they would say vehicle. Well, probably, but, like, I don't think of myself as having an accent. I've been told, like, I mean, I've been here for a while now, but sometimes when people mention I have, like, a sort of Michigan accent, I think that is my old accent. Yeah. Um, 
But like, it's very minimal. Like, I don't think that's not like a country twang or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, because Wyoming wouldn't have a country twang, right? They no. have, it's more of a, a, a muted, similar to like Midwestern, I would think, the accent. Yeah, I think it yeah. is similar. Because it's where you'd have to go further south and then it would start to become a twang. Yeah. But still, yeah. I find it odd and frustrating that you don't say vehicle manslaughter if the correct way to say I drive a Ford vehicle. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> so I, think that's I just... say don't free the H or use the H or whatever. That's what I'm saying. I think that's just Miss Michiganders imposing their accent on you and being like, <laughs> we say vehicle because uh, we just like slur that those syllables all together because Michigan does that a lot. Just slur syllables together. Um, so yeah, that's what I think that is. I think okay, you should, okay. be, I think you should be proud of your heritage <laughs> or of my heritage It just be like, this is how we say it back home. Vehicle. <laughs> well, thank you for validating me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share? I think that's it. All right. Well, let's get to our films. This is a tradition episode. Yeah. And I'm going to share with you first. I have a reason for doing this. It's not like a good reason, but it's a, a reason. Um, so I'm giving you, and someone brought it up, I feel like not too terribly long ago, and I don't remember who it was. Super Dark Times. Mm, That's what I'm yeah. going to give you. I've heard of this. I know it's like a, I feel like it verges into science fiction. Because uh, I thought this was sort of a, and I think this was one, too, that I saw related to Stranger Things, if I remember. Like, people saying, like, if you like Stranger Things, you'll like this movie. So, but I might be way off. I might be thinking of something else. But that's what I think it is. I think it's, like, young adults, and it's some sort of horror-related horror nonsense going on. Whether it's monsters or a serial killer or something on the loose, I think it's about young people trying to solve the mystery. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. right. I was struggling to because I was going to give you one movie because I was looking at all this, you know, horrid weather we have around us right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, ooh, this makes me want to watch something cold and bleak. Uh, and I thought of one movie. But then I thought of another one this morning. But my second choice, I'm not seeing that it's readily available anywhere streaming. So I'm going back to my first choice, which is 30 Days of Night. Ooh, fun. I know it's like fast vampires. I don't know if they're called vampires or if they're, you know, are just creatures with yeah. teeth. And Vampiric abilities. Yeah. Daddy Artnet is in it. I'm not going to pronounce the H in his name. Um, I believe. <laughs> and the director is someone like I like who's done other things. Like I feel like something recently. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I think they're in like Alaska or somewhere, somewhere where it's dark all the time, is what I want to say. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of vampires come in. I don't know why. I probably just haven't watched this because of my vampire fatigue or whatever. Or not even fatigue. I just never have been into vampires. Um, but I, I think it's based on a graphic novel. And it's real bloody and gory. And I'm I'm excited. Yeah. And how, how perfect with the weather. That's very good. That's where my mind was going. I was like, what can I do to indulge this horrible uh, snowy weather we're looking at? So. Love it. Yeah. All right, well, cool. let's watch about them, and then let's talk about them. Yeah. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. 
And we are back to, we watched about them. Now we're going to talk about them. <laughs> That's what we do. So if you want to hear about Super Dark Times, we're about to dive into that. And if you want to just hear about 30 Days of Night, then look in the podcast notes and you can see the time code. And if you don't want to listen to any of that, you can just fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> JK, JK. Um, so I go first and I just realized that my movie doesn't have a tagline on Letterboxd. Ooh. So let's see it's if I'm too it, indie. It's too indie for a tagline. Um, yeah, no tagline on IMDb either. So dear listener, you come up with your own tagline. It was the worst of times. It was the best of times. It was super dark dark times. (laughs) That's really good and original. So this is from 2017. It's directed by Kevin Phillips. And the description is teenagers, Zach and Josh have been best friends their whole lives. But when a gruesome accident leads to a cover up, the secret drives a wedge between them and propels them down a rabbit hole of escalating paranoia and violence. Mm-hmm. The end. Okay. First off, I gotta ask, did you think to assign this movie because Amy Hargreaves is in it and we just watched <laughs> Founders Day? It's been on my list, but when <laughs> I, was, I was like, I know her from somewhere, and I did it did sort of like pop back into my mind. Yeah, as and soon I as I saw her. It's like a winter movie. I had I didn't remember that. So Yeah, Christmas, in fact, because there's Christmas yeah. decorations yeah. up. But yeah, no, it was yeah, that was funny because as soon as I saw the mom. Uh, of the one character. I was like, that's the mayor from Founders Day. <laughs> Much like, better here, I must say. <laughs> yeah, she was also the producer of Founders Day, so. Oh, God, that's so weird. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so Super Dark Times. Like, this was kind of my jam. And yeah. Then, uh, I bet you you figured I would probably enjoy this. Um, but, there, I don't know. It's like the... I can see how people would be turned off by it because I saw that this movie is not like unanimously praised. Like there are plenty of people that are like, this movie sucks. Um, And I think part of that is just kind of your entry point and like what it's about. Uh, I would throw it into that category that I like to call angry young man movies because that's like what it feels like this is tapping into. Mm -hmm. Um, But totally relatable because that was like me and my friends like represented right here and it's like yeah teen boys are gross and weird but it's entirely like it's funny because you know you're first introduced to these characters where they're like judging girls out of their yearbook which i don't know as an adult you look at it and you're like ah that's so what dipshit behavior is that but uh, it, it it was just it's just something you did, I guess, as a teenage boy. Uh, and 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 then that speaks to bigger things in our culture and whatnot. But you feel like you have to stand up for your 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 macho-ness, your manhood and be like, <laughs> yeah, I would do her, even though all of you are virgins and like will not have sex for years. You know what I mean? Like in, in uh, the real situations, you're just kids, um, but you feel pressure to be like, I'm so manly. I do her and I do drugs and I do, you know, but it's entirely posturing to make your friends think you're so cool. Uh, and it's like this movie captures that perfectly. Yeah, I agree. And 
it's a 90s film, but it isn't like, look how 90s we are. It yeah. just, you sort of slowly get there or realize that because it just isn't hard. It doesn't lean hardcore into that. Like, it just, I think it's more like from for a little bit of nostalgia and also like the fact that they don't have like cell phones and things like that. Like, that's very helpful, I think, to the plot. Like, things would mm-hmm. change quite a bit if this yeah. were, if this took place in 2017 when it was made. Mm-hmm. And I think the performances are like across the board so good. Yeah, the performances are great. Um, and then speaking of that period piece too, the thing that kept striking me was if I had to compare this to another movie, yeah. Uh, and it's weird to say that because I'm like, oh, it's a modernized version of River's Edge. Totally. Uh, where, but I say that even though it's still a period piece, it's set in the '90s, so it's contemporary to the time that River's Edge even came out. Like it's only a few years after, pretty much. Because uh, that's from the what eighty nine, I think, late eighties when that movie came out. So, um, but 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 this movie has a very modern sensibility to it. Like it's set in the nineties, but it is paced and designed like a very modern movie. So it doesn't feel like something from the nineties. It's just a nineties period piece. Um, but yeah, it reminds me a ton of River's Edge. Uh, I, I would say if River's Edge, Stand by Me, and Donnie Darko had a baby, it mm. would be this movie. Yep. It has the vibe of Donnie Darko, like the teens and things like that. Yes. Not the and, su- I mean, I think you thought there was like a supernatural element or something. I can't remember yeah. exactly what you said. I did. Is, I thought there yeah. was, but I knew it's, it was something going on that was like not good for these teenagers. Yeah. So because it's one of these movies very similar to like Bully or River's Edge or Mean Creek. If if people have seen any of those, if you have, if you liked them, then check this one out. But definitely it's like a group of youngsters who are friends or not or whatever, which is another intricate intricacy with this movie that I like that they don't all go to high school together. They're sort of from different schools and different like some's like someone's in, I think, junior high and one's in like high school. Like, so it's just I love that the complexion of the relationships, but mm-hmm. it they're all hanging out and a tragic event occurs, which I won't spoil. And then it's sort of like all the aftermath of that. But unlike some of these other films, it sort of continues on that route and sort of like, is it, or isn't it like, is it a killer movie? Is it someone becoming a serial killer? Like all to be seen or whatever. But, and I also have, I've heard some really interesting theories that I'll hold off till the end to bring mm. up to you because i'm curious if they crossed your mind they did not cross mine but in some of my like research i have definitely come across the same theory a couple of times which i find fascinating yeah wow okay um <laughs> yeah, theories because to me this is a pretty straightforward story I like sure think you would you, sure you would think, think so i'm interested to hear that but what uh, what struck me too is having so recently watched through the entirety of the purge television series in season two there's a plot line that one of the plot lines in this movie kind of reminded me of which is watching this one character uh in season two he he survives a uh attack on purge night by having to kill himself uh but after that he transforms into a killer like over time. Uh, ah. And so it, it rings somewhat similar to a plot line in this movie, which is like, okay, I get it. I'm going on this journey uh, with this one particular character who once the, once the movie is said and done, if you, if you go backwards and look at it, the seeds were there 
that he's the troubled one. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that his son's his story started to unfold the way it did. Cause it hit some points where you're like, wait, why is he doing that? This just seems so weird. Like, why is he behaving in this manner? Uh, but as you sit back and I think take in the plot as a whole, you're like, no, the seeds were sown from the start that he was troubled or there was something wrong. Not all that right <laughs> there yeah. uh, under the surface. So we're talking about Josh and the actor's name is Charlie Tahan or Tahan. Mm-hmm. And he is so fucking good. I love mm-hmm. him. I think oh, he's God, just, that, this performance is it, holy he crap. almost looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Like that's the vibe he gives off. Yeah. So yes. it's like very appropriate <laughs> that he is sort of the one who, you know, becomes a little unhinged. But you're right. Like you never see his family. It seems like the family's sort of like weird and disjointed. I think he talks about I know he has the older brother who's in like the the Marines, the, the Marines. But I think he mentioned something about like a younger brother too. Yeah. Like, but like you never see them, and you sort of see or hear from at least our lead character Zach. And I l- fucking love that kid too, Owen Campbell, who I always think is Lou Pucci, mm. <laughs> or however you say his name, but who's also in My Heart Won't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Mm-hmm. And he he's just like I. Like I, my heart goes out to him every time I see him perform. Like he's just such, ah, yeah. I just love him. And with the character of Josh too, there you go. He's the, because you have the older brother that's in the Marines. And then there's a plot line or a, there's a, there's a moment in the story where he's very defensive of that. Um, he mentions having a younger brother who is always at practice doing like, I think they say like music, music lessons or something like that. So it rings to me that he's the middle child, the forgotten child. Um, cause he's not, he doesn't show, they don't show him doing anything exceptional or, you know, out of the ordinary. Um, and the only time you see his mom is in that one scene where she knocks on the door, like Zach came to see you. Oh, Um, right. Yeah, you do. she, She won't even go in the room. She seems very like, timid uh, mm-hmm. to even approach him so you're like there's something fractured here i think in this home life yeah and i for sure was going to think a storyline would come up about his brother being dead or something like that you know mm-hmm. like because couldn't he be like i don't know it's just an interesting thing like if he's holding mm-hmm. on to the fact like if he had died but the other thing the reason other reason i thought of this movie was we just watched the second season of love on the spectrum which is on um netflix and it's about autistic young adults who are trying to find love and Mm -hmm. for some reason like um there seem to be multiple um i'm gonna say characters they're real people it's a reality show but certain um people on that show like just love swords and it just made me think of this movie because i was like yeah like that's the thing i walked away and remembered about this movie was a sword in particular you know so uh-huh. <laughs> like it's sort of that was in my mind and then when we saw amy hargreaves i was like oh yeah super yep, dark perfect perfect timing yeah and let's see i feel like i have some other things to say i feel like some people may not love it because it's paced a little slower yeah it definitely, definitely. Like, does not clip right along it feels i thought it was a fall movie like in my mind i think of fall because that's kind of what it looks like Mm -hmm. like it feels that like that sort of tone i feel like it's shot really well and i really i think the music is pretty pretty slamming in it slamming is not the right word but the music is is good i really dig the the music quite a bit yeah and this is one too where i'm sure it lives and i think it's referred to as a psychological thriller when i looked it up so like in a Jace territory, but 
I, I think something that plants it more firmly in like a horror vein is there's a couple of dream sequences yes. in this that are just so well staged. Like it turns into, I, I know I reference him all the time, but that's just how his filmmaking plays out in a dreamlike quality. Very David Lynch-like moments uh, where you're like, wait, what is happening? Oh, okay. I think I get what's going on because they 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 have these uh, repetitious qualities to them and uh and just a, a you know a strange factor where the filmmaker very much nailed uh dream dream logic and uh what a what a bad dream feels like because very rarely like when i see dream sequences in movies uh very often i think about how it that's not what my dreams are like so i never connect to them because they just make them like a different type of um uh narrative you know like it plays out exactly like real life but something crazy happens usually but this there was some subtle hints there like he kept saying the same thing over and over to no response and i'm like that's more what my dreams are like there's usually when i am awake and can think about them logically i realize they make no sense because either something just keeps happening over and over like trapped in a loop or things that are impossible happen and they do not seem you know out of the ordinary to you uh or you're like i'm walking on the ceiling and that is not like phasing when you're in the dream state so i liked the way they played these out with like subtle little things that made it um unreal dreamlike uh and it's like okay that's a more realistic like dream state i like that yeah and one of the dreams like he's the main character Zach is like seeing the deceased person like in the dream, like often like the shadow and it's so eerie. And then when like his mom knocks or like something happens and he wakes up and for like mm -hmm. a flash, you see the dead character like sitting on him or like right next to mm -hmm. him, like yes. in the woken up state. And it like yeah. happened so fast. I had to like go back to rewatch it to be like, he was just there. Right. Like it's mm -hmm. just, it's so, so well done. And I mean, the thing, like it made me feel the guilt so much in this movie because the lead character is really the one like they, they all are probably feeling it. All of the, the youths involved, but like our main character, Zach is like, you're watching him go through the motions and there's like a time where like his mom i mean his mom like knows something is wrong but she can't like get through to him and he's mm -hmm. like down in cough syrup and just the worst and like when she gets a phone call from the dead kid's mom and she's mm -hmm. like asking him about it and i'm just like oh just like just itching in my skin like it's just mm -hmm. so uncomfortable because you can tell he's uncomfortable you don't know if she can tell that he's uncomfortable but you're just like oh god just tell someone please yeah and and the there's there's the one moment too where I'm like oh he's about to lose it where the uh, his one classmate tells him like oh did you hear about uh, that kid that died uh, uh -huh. and he's like I don't I don't know anything about that is like his immediate response <laughs> and, but it's a different person yes and what and then when he realizes that uh, he he changes demeanor entirely but it's like oh man he's gonna give it away like by acting so squirrely all the time such a little squirrel. Yeah, and I it, I think it also breaks the trope of like in a situation like this that one person's like we got to call the cops cuz none of them do that. Yeah, like no, when none the of them. event happens, they're yeah. all like let's cover it up. Let's never talk about it again. <laughs> like yeah. not one soul is like we need to do the right thing. I mean, later it's sort of like the guilt is taking over, 
But yes. still, there isn't that, which I would say almost across the board. You have mm-hmm. like you're in a sort of tragedy situation like this. There's usually the tropes of the different types of reactions people would have. And that's usually one of them. So I find that a fascinating choice to make as well. And I think it's more realistic because if you read about crimes involving adolescents and teenagers, usually these things, even for witnesses, they are not going to report it because they're too afraid of getting in trouble uh, as a kid. It's just too frightening to go to the authorities, even though you know what you saw was wrong and something horrible happened. It's so common for kids and teenagers to just uh, clam up and not want Mm. to reveal to authorities that or their parents or whatever. Um, And so that's how things get kept secret. Horrible things uh, often by kids because they're too scared that they're going to get in trouble, too. That makes so much sense for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. All right. Do you want to hear this theory that I've heard? Mm hmm. Okay. Thank you. So if you don't, if you want to watch this movie, which I recommend, I don't know where you can watch it right now. I'm showing when I say, look at where to watch on Letterboxd, it says Apple TV. I know you can rent it on YouTube for sure. Um, But look in the podcast notes and skip ahead to 30 days of night. So here's the theory. So the movie really starts and ends with Allison. Yes. Like there's the deer situation and you see Allison, like watch the deer, deer get killed. And Uh then it ends with Allison. And didn't you find it? I'm sure it must have crossed your mind because it crossed mine. After he kills the one Allison's friend, it seems like all this time has passed and Allison hasn't died. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't actually killed her. She gets cut a little bit on the neck because you see the scars. So the theory yeah. is, and they watch like I watched all this evidence for it that not that she's like involved in the initial event of the one boy getting of daryl getting killed but then Uh somewhere along the line she she finds out from josh and she kind of figures out who josh is and that lots of the other events in the story take place because of her manipulating it weird i know so like i watched some videos on on youtube which is really fascinating but like because the movie starts and ends with her, like that it's like her story. And why would it be her story when it's really the boy's story? Uh-huh. And there's certain things like after he kills the drug dealer and then he goes over to their house and they don't. No, I know what it is. Sorry. I was, I'm fucking that up. He goes, when he shows up at the, for the girl's house at the end and he's hanging out with uh-huh. the two girls and the one girl, Allison is like, Zach's not coming over. Right. Like, it feels like a setup to have, like, her friend killed, almost. And when he, like, pulls out the sword, like, just the looks on her face and things. Like, once you've heard this theory, and they, mm. you see some of the shots in the film and some of the things she says, it feels like, perhaps, she's, again, not in on it from the beginning, but that she sort of gets to know who Josh is and sort of manipulates the situation because she herself is sort of dark. and. Huh psychotic <laughs> interesting okay so it is I'll, I'll send you this one video which like which yeah. talks about some of the scenes and it's like oh interesting because i was uh, re- reading like almost a, a, like a love triangle vibe between her and then josh and zach so i was like something's going on between her and josh as well but the movie doesn't really delve into it but it seems like it's there possibly that's what i picked up on so i i think i can buy into this theory yeah that there that perhaps it is but perhaps she's manipulating zach because she and josh are this sort of yeah 
Bonnie and Clyde or whatever. Like, yeah, have you know, their own psycho thing going on yes. together. Yeah. But somehow she got him to reveal what happened and that kind of excited her. And yeah. they're so not like she's doing any of the killing, but that yeah. she's involved. Because like why else wouldn't he have just if he's able to use that sword so quickly and like fucking kill people, stab, stab yeah. him, like why didn't why wasn't there more with her? Unless he mm-hmm. was just keeping her around until but he didn't know Zach was gonna show up. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Like, he didn't know it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating theory that I was like, sort of when I heard it, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh. <laughs> Interesting. Also, gotta mention the deer scene. I almost totally forgot about it at the start of the movie. Yeah. Uh, which seems like such an interesting sort of like prologue to throw on to this flick. But it reminded me of the time that uh, in college, when because uh, I went to Grand Valley uh, in you know the Grand Rapids area, uh, and where the campus is, it's like still pretty, or at least then maybe they've developed more, but it was still pretty. Like there's chunks of rural area still around there, and a lot of woods and stuff. So we got deer like crazy on campus. Uh, oh. And one day, I didn't see it, but I know everyone was like, it was the freakiest thing ever. A deer like smashed into a window of one of the buildings, much like in this movie, uh, one of the, uh, uh, you know, um, where classes are, you know, like it it was like a big hallway where kids are walking to class and a deer like smashed into the window uh, and like broke its neck or something like that and tried to run off. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, one of the, uh, it was like one of the uh, uh, property (laughs) maintenance people uh, got his gun and had to shoot it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's like, that's that. So these things do actually happen. Unless um, Josh killed the deer because Mm -hmm. he's a serial killer. Ooh, maybe. But he he seems pretty distraught over Daryl dying. Like, that doesn't feel fake, you know? Not to say you can't be distraught and then find out that you kind of liked killing somebody, you know? Yes, exactly. That's kind of how I read the story was like... He started to change because he he thought mm, maybe I liked doing that. Maybe I yeah. want to do it again. Yeah. Maybe maybe my brother in my mind is this badass marine that's off you know shooting people, and I want to be like him. So this is my way to do it. That's yeah. kind of how I was reading it. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything else to say? No, I think that's it. Okay, well, out of five bloody swords, how many do mm. you give Super Dark Times? I give it a solid four. Nice. I'm going to give it a four as well. I wasn't going to go three and a half, but I just think it's so good. I think it's so well yeah. done. I, I just think, thought this was very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. So there we have a... Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Fuck yeah, we do. And right, I, I, yeah, I think I was correct. I remember saying, like, I'd heard people saying, like, if you like Stranger Things, check this dark and twisted movie out. And I'm like, I can still say that, but this is like Stranger Things if it was way darker <laughs> without any like supernatural stuff going on. Totally. Yeah. So let's move on to your flick. Yes, let's do it. 30 Days of Night, directed by David Slade, who did Dark Harvest. Yep, so. yep. Love that. I saw that. Uh, uh, and the tagline is, they're coming. And the description on Letterboxd 
says, this is the story of an isolated Alaskan town that is plunged into darkness for a month each year when the sun sinks below the horizon. As the last rays of light fade and the town is attacked by a bloodthirsty gang of vampires bent on uninterrupted orgy of destruction, only the small town's husband and wife sheriff team stand between the survivors and certain destruction. Mm. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much knew a lot about this movie. I mean... What mm-hmm. there is to know, vampires in an Alaskan town where it's dark for 30 days. Like, a great premise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, overall, I think it's fun. It definitely feels like 2007. Yes. Especially because Melissa George is in it. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like she and Maggie Grace were, like, somewhat interchangeable in the, like, early, mid, later 2000s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they were used in a lot of these sorts of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, Daddy Hartnett, he's never looked better. He looked so fucking good. I wonder, mm-hmm. like, because, I don't know, I just thought he looked so much older than I would have thought he'd look in 2007. But I don't, I was thinking, like, I don't know that I've seen him now, and I bet he's even hotter. So... I do like in this movie that he's finally rid of the stupid haircut that he was plagued oh by God. for so long in his early so career. Long. Yep. So fucking long. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's like what it sets out to be. You know, there's this group of vampires. Who's the lead vampire guy? Uh, the character or the actor? It's the Danny. Actor. Is that Laura Palmer's dad? It's Danny Houston. Um, he's... Uh, Son of John Houston, uh, Angelica Houston's his half sister. Okay, uh, he's from that whole uh, the Houston family, you know, dynasty in Hollywood. So. Okay, I thought he like almost looked like Laura Palmer's dad, but I couldn't quite tell because of like the giant teeth or like oh giant. oh yes yeah he does have a uh, uh, Ray Wise he and yes uh, thank you he and Ray Wise have a passing uh, resemblance to each other yes yes but at times I was like oh that's definitely not him but then sometimes I'm like is it yeah um and wait let me i wrote this note down and this is no uh-huh. spoilers but i wrote Chekhov's inhaler that didn't actually come up as a Chekhov's inhaler did it there wasn't like a time when it's like i can't breathe i need my inhaler no i don't think so i wrote wait. it down because i was like no, surely no, no. it doesn't no, there is there is a quick scene it happens very fast it's after he's like running outside and he gets back in uh and he's <laughs> and gasping for air but doesn't he get it? Like there. Yes. It then they just then they just give it to him. So it, yeah. It, but there wasn't it, like a. It doesn't play like a life or death moment, which I a hundred percent thought it was going to. Yeah. Um. But at, so here's how I would describe this movie if I had <laughs> to make it like what it's the baby of the yeah. Diary of Anne Frank <laughs> uh-huh. meets the Mist meets the Thing. The, and granted, none of those have vampires in them, but okay, um, <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say, like, rewatching this because it's been many years since I've I've only seen this like once before, many years ago. I thought that I couldn't remember any of it because I'm like, I don't even remember anything that happens in this movie. And then as I watched it, I'm like, I remember everything about this movie apparently, um, which could be a bad sign that I watched it and then have just forgotten about it ever since. Um, but. Uh, no, I was thinking how it sets itself up trying to feel like the thing, like they're trying to draw drum up the vibe of John Carpenter's The Thing really hard. Yeah. But my description of this movie is we want to do Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, but about vampires. 
Yeah. That's that's my description of this. Or like 28 days later. Yeah. What but about really Zack Snyder? Like a little like yeah. glossy and flashy and all that. Now, have you read the graphic novel or the comic or whatever? I think it's a comic specifically. Yes, a, a long time ago. Like I think I read it in college. Um, because I have memories of it. Like the artwork's super cool. And there are moments in this movie where they have certain scenes like framed up where you're like that looks like a frame out of a comic book i believe they're trying to recreate some of the panels like right out of the uh right out of the comic series yeah and i didn't love the finale i liked the very end like the very Mm -hmm. end but i think the finale felt a little lackluster personally yeah and there's this whole subplot in the comic i forgot about until i was reading online where uh I i went on a couple of threads to try and flesh out some details about this movie about the vampires specifically where i'm like i feel like the vampires they have cool moments at times they feel a little undercooked actually when you stop and think about it where you're like i wish i could have gotten some more like story about the vampires um which the comic does there's way more backstory on the vampires which makes more sense uh in context of the story um because there's there's like a leader vampire that shows up in the comic uh that's like their master like over all of them because he's upset that they they did what they did uh because they could reveal that vampires still exist by all attacking a town at once uh and it the the finale plays out similarly but different like uh the character that josh hartnett plays in the movie uh in the comic faces that lead vampire down in a sort of different kind of little different than it played out in the movie with Marlo. Uh, and I feel like that's a little more fleshed out story-wise. So what is it that they did? Like, they show up to this town, they know that it's going to be night there for 30 days, and they want to take it over and kill everyone in it, and then what? And then leave. Oh, okay. And go yeah. where? <laughs> that's a, Yeah, exactly. That's, did these they arrive the things... on the boat? Like, you in the beginning, yes. there's, okay, there's like a boat, and then the one rando guy yep. like on He's land. Like, He's like their Renfield that's supposed to go in and set the stage for them because it's still daytime, so they can't come out yet. Oh, I see. And he's not a vampire. Yes. Yeah. He's their uh, their thrall, if you will. He's under he's their familiar. He's under their control. So, Mm. yeah, I wish there would have been something a little bit more unique about the vampires. Like their teeth are sort of like shark teeth. So like, I guess that feels unique, but maybe I've seen so much about this all over the years that it's not a surprise, but maybe when it came out, it was like, Oh fuck, their mouths are like shark teeth. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I remember when this came out, this was kind of shocking because vampires have been like, and even to this day, it continues. So sexified by movies that to do them as like, no, they're horrible, you know, flesh eating ghouls in this, like, Oh, that was cool to take it that direction again, like pure horror. Um, and I like that they had their own language. That was kind of a neat yeah. little uh, detail that, you know, uh, often vampires are just, you know, they're just people, but they have superpowers is like <laughs> often how movies love to do them. But, uh, I liked that they tried to make them somewhat a different species from humans. Um, but yeah, no, I could, I could have gone for some more backstory explaining their like, their little society, this little clique, why they're doing what they're doing, how they travel around, why they do it, you know, that would have helped. Yeah, and not that I wanted this movie to be any longer than it was, but like they're in this town for 30 days. Like, and there's times when all of a sudden like a week has passed. And I'm like, well, what the fuck happened in that week though? 
Like yeah. I would have preferred it to like know that they had 30 days, but like the movie takes place over the course of like five days, you know? Yeah. And then it yeah. ends and it's like, well, we have 30 more days and there's no planes and like whatever. Like the town's blown up. Like, but it there's just these long chunks where I'm like, what happened there though? What are and like you said, like what are the vampires doing? Like, let's follow them a little bit. Yeah, like what are they doing in that time that they can't hunt down the people in like two weeks? You know what I mean? And that was one thing. Uh I saw a, a contemporary review from uh, Roger Ebert when this came out, uh, and he talked about how the vampires are so inconsistent in this movie. He thought that was the main like problem, and I agree, because they show up, and they're like unstoppable monsters initially that move with superhuman speed, and their senses, like, they're going to find you and hunt you down no matter what you do. But that, like, stops being the case, like, halfway through the movie. You're like, they're just wandering around this town. They can't sniff these people out. Like, uh, and there's also moments where the people can run away easily, where you're like, earlier they were, like, swooping in with, like, barely perceivable, you know, speed. Like, what happened to that? Why can't they just wipe these people out in, like, seconds? So, yeah, yeah they seemed their power and, like, what they could do seemed wildly inconsistent when you pay attention to, like, you know, it it was just as the plot needed them to do something, they could do it or not do it. So, And why is it like, I can get that the town changes with, you know, there being 30 days of night, but why, why is there, are there no planes that fly during that 30 days? And why is it like the town, you know, like I get that some people want to go somewhere where it's warm, get it. But doesn't it just, if it just feels weird that it's like no communication with the outside world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you're like, planes fly at night all the time. Like, <laughs> in fact, most of your flying you're doing without visuals anyway. You're following instruments to understand, you know, where you are and all that in the sky. So, uh, yeah, I don't understand why planes couldn't come in and out. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I was just like, why? Well, how is there no radio chatter constantly to the outside world? Like, it's just yeah. there's no there's no sun. There's like parts of, you know, Sweden and Norway in the north that do the same thing where they have 30 days of, you know, nighttime. So and those places don't shut down. They just get used to it. So, yeah, get used to it. Yeah. And I, there's one scene where there's a little girl that is a vampire. And I just thought that little girl probably had so much fun. <laughs> Yes, because <laughs> she gets to do so much crazy shit, and I was like, I bet that was the funnest, the funnest part in the whole thing was to be that little yep. girl. But then again, that was another beat that was just like Zack Snyder had a zombie baby. They need yep. a vampire little girl in this. You know, it, it just that's the movie I kept thinking of because it's like this came out in the wake of Dawn of the Dead, and that was such a hit. Uh, and oh, they're yeah. like that had like freaked out zombies now we gotta have vampires that are like jiggling all around and jumping like crazy so yeah yeah but i mean this movie is what like how many years old like yeah this is what 2007 i think yeah. when this came out so what, yeah what the fuck is that 17 years old or something like yeah. it is definitely like it's an older film but like it's not horrible to watch like i'm not in pain no. watching it i'm not like jesus christ like it's well produced, maybe a little overly produced, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the performances are fine. I really don't like Melissa George, TBH. Mm -hmm. I do like Josh Hartnett, not just because he's cute, but I just find him somewhat captivating. And mm -hmm. I don't think you get to know the little side characters as well as you could. Like, and they could have done little things, yes, to make them more fleshed out. 
They're just yep. sort of there for the most part to be eaten. Yeah. Or cause, stand cause, around and do nothing. That's what I thought the whole time. I was like, I actually don't understand who any of these people are or why I should care about them other than, you know, uh, uh, the, the like the big bearded guy with the snowmobile is the tough dude that's there to save the day <laughs> or try to help. Uh, and then you have like the dad with Alzheimer's that goes, you know, trying to run outside. It, they were all just so tropey, all the supporting characters. Speaking of tropes, though, this movie also had what I think is one of my least favorite tropes ever. And for some reason in like recent years, it's become very apparent to me. And I think it's stupid. You have the estranged husband and wife. Yes. Who are like splitting from each other. But this event makes them fall in love yep, again. Yeah. And come back together. Like Hollywood is obsessed with divorced people getting back together for some reason. Even though we all know real life never works that way. I would say it's <laughs> there's exceptions, but they are exceptions in general. Uh, relationships fall apart, Hollywood. And that's how it is. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that to myself, like it would almost be, I don't know quite how you do it, like thinking on the spot, but if they were good at the beginning of the movie and as the movie went along, not like they're fighting all the time because that's miserable to watch, but that through having to spend all this time together, they're like, oh, we're really not like in the beginning that there's just like some troubles, but they're together. Mm -hmm. And then by throughout the course, they're like, oh, like, you know, maybe we are just best friends or I don't know. I don't fucking know. But uh, yeah, like you said, like turn the trope on its head because yes it's, it's, it's not realistic but yeah hollywood is so obsessed with like you can't split there has to be a happy ending like <laughs> that's what it feels like they're trying to force i don't know if it's just like so many children of divorce are making movies that they're like this is what i wish actually happened i have unresolved feelings about my parents or you know or even my own relationships so who knows and speaking of like family and whatnot, at one point, Josh Hartnett has the worst line and he says, you have a family. Don't ever hurt them. Oh, God. Like, yes. What are you talking about? Like, have you not seen what's going on in this town? Yeah, like, that, that there seems are exceptions. like exceptions. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like a weird moment to get squeamish about that as you've just seen half the town literally ripped limb from limb. Like and you you've just, killed your friends and neighbors as yeah, well exactly. because of that. Like, yeah, <laughs> it feels like you would just be like numb to it at this point. So, yeah, and at least like consolidatory or console him, whatever that fucking. Yeah, exactly. Is. Instead, they're like, just like, "What did you do?" And then that guy goes on to really not do much of anything. I so know I'm, he doesn't. There are some good. I don't know if you want to call them set pieces or whatever sequences in this. Like, there are some good yeah. like actiony sort of things. Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. And um, so that makes it like the fun of it is that, yeah. and some of the gore is decent, but I would say there's probably like three or four like fun action sequences. Yeah. Um, that That's what struck me. Like this is a movie that I feel like is not like a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it's not bad. It's just, yeah. you know, it's good to throw on and just kind of turn your brain off and let it play out. Uh, I feel. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great cinematography. One moment I think is amazing is the overhead shot of just the chaos in the town mm. uh, as they go above and you just see everything, you know, people shooting guns off and vampires attacking and things blowing up. That's a really well done uh, aerial shot. Um, there's another scene, too. It's where the vampires, the lead vampires, find uh the dude that had just turned into a vampire that Josh Hartnett has to kill, and he's tied up in the swing set. 
Yeah. Uh, and it does this long shot, which I think, like I was saying before, I think that's one of the scenes comic. where they're, yeah, they're trying to re- recapture a frame out of the comic because it goes to this really well framed long shot of them standing there, like uh, uh, surveying the, the scene. Um, and yeah, Josh Hartnett is very good in the role. Uh, and then Danny Houston as well as Marlo is the name of the lead vampire. He, uh, I mean, just choose the scenery. You could tell he was probably having a blast playing that, uh, just trying to talk with those teeth yeah and trying to talk with those teeth luckily they didn't have to speak english (laughs) no i wonder if that's why they gave them the vampire language that just sounds like a lot of gargling so (laughs) oh my god that's so funny i think that's so true now have you seen the sequel uh, no, I've heard it's terrible oh i bet it is it also probably because i've been playing so much playstation 4 so many video yeah. games uh-huh. it feels often like a video game yes like, it does but now our you know which i know the video games are based you know movies came before whatever but like that that you have to go beat this big baddie and then you have to, your mission your challenges to, to go from here to there so i couldn't help but think of video games while watching this oh absolutely i'm i'm surprised this hasn't been turned into some sort of like survival horror game yeah it feels like you could do a thing where it's like you have to get from this building to this building but not be caught by the vampires like yeah and get here get this item and then you can fight the bad vampire you know all that kind of stuff do you know what i did not realize until this exact moment Hmm. that ben foster was the stranger the renfield character i didn't realize that was him oh yeah no that yeah that was him oh my god i love ben foster that is so funny just because he's all gnarled up he looks pretty yeah they make him all gross and he gives it such an over-the-top like performance oh my god i did not realize where has he been i miss ben foster wait did he have a brother am i crazy maybe I'm, i'm thinking of someone else but i love me some ben foster his younger yeah. brother is also an actor, John Foster, but that's not who I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, so good times. I'm glad I finally seen it because, you know, I just mm-hmm. never be like, let me go watch 30 Days of Night. But it's yeah. fun, like you said, with the winter being cold. And when I came downstairs after we recorded the first part and Joe always asks me what I gave and what I got. And mm-hmm. I told him the two movies. and He's like, oh, wow, very appropriately fitting. And I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. Super. Yeah. Dark Times and 30 Days of Night. I'm like, they yeah. really were a nice, unlikely pairing. Unlikely pairing, but worked yeah. for this time of year and mm-hmm. the vibe we're going for. I mean, we're in the crap part of winter where you're yeah. deep into January, where it's like the holidays are over and now it's just cold and shitty out. So, yep, yep. That's yep, where we perfect. are. Yep. So, um, yeah. Unless you have anything else to add, let's rate I this. I do puppy. not. Okay. So, out of Five vampire fingernails on a turntable. <laughs> Reminded me of Evil Dead Rise. Yup. Uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three long vampire nails. What I are you going to give it? I was going to go, I, like, I was having a hard time deciding because I'm like, do I want to do this rating? But do I even like it that much, really? <laughs> so it's not a movie I feel the need to, like, revisit frequently, even though it is not a terrible watch. Um it's just overly long. That's what got me. I'm like, yeah. you can wrap it up anytime, guys. This doesn't need to be a two-hour movie. Um, I'm going to give it a solid three as well. All right. Well, there is another... Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Still a scare of approval. That's right. Sure the fuck is. Good times. Great yeah. oldies. Cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
Well, we'd love to know, as always, what you think of these flicks. What other coming-of-age horror thrillers you like? What other vampire movies? Whatever cold movies? Just give us your recs, okay? Yeah, has anyone seen the 30 Days of Night sequel? Oh my god, uh, yes, I want to know. Wanna, want to report back on it? I know it plays on... It felt like Pluto TV on their like horror station forever. They were cycling between the original 30 days of night and then this sequel. I remember for of a course. long the sequel for a long time. So but I've never watched the sequel. So I'm interested to know oh. if anyone suffered through it. Yeah, but it's bad. Yeah, it went straight straight to DVD. And it's the character uh, that Melissa George uh, played. But yeah. played by it played by a different actor in the sequel. Uh, she didn't she didn't come back for it because oh, no. she Although turned it down. I wish she would have. <laughs> yeah, I wish she would have too, but she turned it down because apparently she had better things to do. But I guess that tells you the quality of the the Amityville sequel. horror. I don't remember when that was, but that's yeah, probably what maybe. she had to do. Yep. But, yeah. All right. Well, scaring is sharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta. Scaring is sharing. All one word. That's a motherfucking right. And thank you all so much for listening and joining us. We love spending time with you. Oh, Amityville Horror came out two years before, so never mind. Okay. Uh, but come back and check us out next week. Um, we're going to see uh, one of those unseen screams on Monday night. So mm-hmm. um, if you have an AMC near you, go and join, watch that. And, um, We'll be talking about whatever the fuck that is. It's a mystery. Yeah, we're, we're going to share a, share, share a scare with us. Yeah, a surprise movie. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, remember, long live the new flesh. And who gives a fuck about movies? And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. Bye. Uh... This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.